0: G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations. My next guest is a member of the Nannas for Native Forests in Margaret River, Peter Goodwin. G'day, Peter. Hi, Barry. Tell me, what inspires Nannas for Native Forests?
1: We're inspired by the forests that we live amongst down here and the concern about what's happening to them and Also for the concern around future generations, our children and our grandchildren, they're very aware of the uncertainty and that the world is is not as it should be. And we're worried about them. They're worried too. There's a lot of depression amongst them.
0: I became aware of Nanas for Native Forests at a fire and biodiversity forum held in Margaret River in June. And uh, I guess that's what's led to this conversation. But that forum was really interesting because there were scientists and uh, concerned West Australians and and Aboriginal people talking about uh, Aboriginal management of the Australian landscape. And something that struck me out of that is how the Aboriginal people who've managed the Australian landscape for tens of thousands of years have a, a sort of a corporate knowledge that's been passed down through sort of their storytelling and... You know, I've been in Western Australia, I've grown up here, I've sort of been here about a quarter of the time that white fellows have been in Western Australia, and the deterioration in the natural landscape that I've witnessed is quite frightening. Now, people who come down here with no previous knowledge might see all the trees and think it's pristine, but in actual fact it isn't. Um, and that's where I think the significance of Aboriginal storytelling is that they've got the capacity to... to and the, the knowledge going back further than we seem to manage in our sort of in our society and civilized so-called civilisation.
1: The white settlers that came here brought a lot of their practices over from the northern hemisphere, and they apparently, according to Bill Bunbury, who's an author down here, they they didn't actually see the landscape; they saw the landscape they knew, not the one that was in front of them. Which is a, a common human failing, I believe, and they they farmed and treated the landscape as if they were in the northern hemisphere, and it's totally different totally different landscape.
0: you're right, and, uh, and uh, the Doyen of regenerative agriculture in Australia, Charles Massey, talks about developing environmental literacy, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a matter of learning and you know you look at the massive fires and the massive dust storms, that is a symptom of environmental illiteracy we, we've completely cocked it up. I guess it's a, a case of people don't know what they don't know and, and this is playing on a tourist radio format and I see tourism can be a double-edged sword but if tourism can be used to raise awareness of these issues then I think that is what I like to think of as regenerative tourism so if people visit the southwest and really get out and see what's there and explore the region and uh, and look behind the buffer. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah a, f- a friend of mine Marky Chinota has some um made a little flyer about behind the buffer tours because when you drive down to the southwest and you see trees and trees and you think they go for miles and miles they don't actually the um forest products commission leaves a buffer between people and what they're doing in the forest for you know good reason on both good and bad but um if you go behind the buffer you can actually see What's happening to the forest? The logging that's going on and what it looks like. Um, it's difficult to find your way, though, to these coops. So there's a little map that Mikey's put on a flyer, and you can sell. It's a self-guided tour. But we also do um, offer to take people into the forest down here to show them. If you um, got in touch with Nannas for Native Forests, we can organise a trip out there.
0: So Nanas for Native Forest started off with you and somebody else and it's sort of growing now and you're getting um, people from community radio coming to you and, and wanting to tell your story.
1: Yes, we are. Um, we've um, had a couple of interviews on community radio now and it seems to be we get a lot of positive response to that in the, w- in the way of people turning up to our sit and stitcher, stitch groups and just and joining the Nanas. And I think the Nanas, the way the Nanas has formed, has been not via community radio, but by by connections between the women involved and the people involved. Most of it's been, yeah, that sort of personal connection, which is really important.
0: And I think that you talk about community radio, and I sort of see community radio and tourist radio are complementary. They're giving community and small business a voice, and I think there is an underlying concern. But these sort of messages aren't getting out in the commercial media because the commercial media tends to be paid for by companies uh, you know, advertising, the, in many cases, the products that are causing the problems. Mm-hmm. The, the issue of jobs is significant and people need a job, but it seems to me that uh, the, the big companies are actually hell-bent on employing fewer people as possible. So I sometimes wonder if that argument isn't a bit overblown.
1: I think it's really overblown especially around the logging industry there's only about at the most 2 to 300 actual direct employees in the logging industry in the southwest and a lot of them aren't locals I think that and there's an interesting thing that when the mill was closed in Manjimup unemployment went down because the people who had been sort of sitting in the employment in the logging industry got innovative and Created a whole lot of other um, businesses and made Mangum up into a very different town.
0: I think that's a really interesting observation, and and you know the, the, these big businesses that talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. I think what's going to lift us out of the COVID dilemma is innovation and mm-hmm. lots of small businesses doing innovative things and. Uh, I think that's the way of the future. It always seems to me governments look after big business, uh, mm. small businesses need to stick together and help each other. Mm.
1: And I think the um, local economies need to be established. We're trying to do this in Margaret River and there's a lot of people who start little businesses but because of the competition from the big businesses and the way that tourists tend to tend to be driven towards those businesses by the huge marketing business behind them means that those little businesses struggle a lot. And so I think, um, yeah, local businesses producing local food and local experiences is good. And we've often discussed in workshops down here how we'd love to see tourists come down here and work, like actually go out planting or, you know, fixing up things in the environment and just seeing what what it is like down here and learning about it.
0: This is music to my ears. It's sort of eco tourism, agri tourism. And what you say about the media, you know Western Tourist Radio is a private company we're broadcasting tourist radio in Perth and major tourism towns in the southwest of Western Australia and online. And this platform is exclusively available to small businesses. You know, I'm not interested in big business. Government looks after them. Our program mm-hmm. exists to give community and small businesses a voice and what I figure is by Giving you this voice, we're not charging for this because this is part of your organization is part of the story of the region, and if we give you reason to promote what we're doing so that more people listen to our radio, then those other small businesses are going to get a return for telling their story on our platform yeah so so often we don't know what we don't know, and governments often don't know what they don't know and sometimes don't want to know what they don't know. But you're saying that uh, this is being recorded in the beginning of July 2021. The government is actually running a survey to inquire what people want done with the forest?
1: Yes, this, this is um, a great step forward for democracy. I reckon too that they're actually consulting us before putting out a draft forest management plan for the next 10 years. And they're asking lots of questions about um, smaller businesses that aren't logging, that you, that are reliant on... The forest and tourism is certainly one of them even even big industrial tourism is reliant on forests down here but there are lots of other industries like apiary, for instance and wildflower collection seed collection and just forest bathing is something they do in japan it's something that could be done here
0: well there, there's a increasingly growing awareness between the mental health and people's connection with a natural environment and there's more and more talk about the mental health problems and the things that are happening. So, you know that that is vital.
1: Mm. Yeah, and getting your hands in the dirt is a really good way to um, fix up your mental health as well. Getting a getting a connection back to country is really important.
0: That's an interesting comment. And and you know the Aboriginal people talk about country needs people, and you know in the fire management. You know, We've been led to believe that you know, the, the, the forest is le- best left alone, whereas the Aboriginal people were in the forests all the time and they were burning small wood. And, and, and they just have so much knowledge and there's so much to learn from them.
1: Yeah, they have a, a great interconnection with the natural world and that's what we need to foster. Going into forests without that connection means that you will do harm. I think, and that's what we've done. We've gone in there without the connection, and we've just we've obliterated parts of forest. and There's a, a biologist, and I can't remember his name at the moment, who said that the the forest is. This is this is a pretty um, bastardised version of what he said, but he said the forest is made up of strands of relationship. It's not single entities, just like a community. You know, a community is not single people or single cities. It's it's um, the relationships between people?
0: I think that's the key and I think you know while I see some stuff happening in the world which I find really quite depressing what I am optimistic about the future is that the internet is providing a similar connection so you know there's opportunities for ideas to get at that had never happened before and in another life I'm involved in regenerative agriculture and the Change is happening there at the moment and it's driven by the internet providing a mechanism for innovative farmers and independent scientists all around the world to work together. And I see an analogy between that and developing diverse self-organising ecosystems of ideas and information. And uh, this is what they talk about, uh, environmental mimicry. So it's about developing economic systems that mimic environmental systems we're in such an interesting time because if you look at history information's being controlled by kings and queens bishops and dictators and more recently rupert murdoch whereas now the nanas for native forest can have a facebook page and maybe a website and so your information is getting out there Mm. if any of this makes sense to you and you want to engage with the nanas for native forest peter how, how do our listeners do that
1: We've got a very active Facebook page, Nanas for Native Forests, and um, it, it's true that with the, with the internet that you can, you can say a lot of things that you, are never going to get published on mainstream media. And we've been able to actually, through that process, instead of taking people physically into the forest, we've been able to bring the forest to them and talk about how we see it in speak, because it's, um, it's, a lot of it is how you see things.
0: Uh, are grandpas allowed to be involved
1: oh yes we need grandpas because they do the heavy work all the stuff that we don't want to do
0: <laughs> uh, it's good to hear there's still a place for us blokes in yes
1: yeah, certainly yeah we need everybody we you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a grandmother to be or or even a woman to be in this movement we need everyone we when we first started the nanas we realized that most people thought that Logging had stopped in WA in 2001 when the Gallup government brought in the old growth definition. But in fact, that def- definition did nothing to protect forests. It protected an industry that was already anachronistic then, and a lot of people actually think that all logging has stopped. Well, it hasn't. Logging is going on a pace. We've got, I think it's, we've got less than 10 percent of our original forest cover left, and 5% of that is available for logging. There's so much waste associated with the industry, uh, so much destruction, so much habitat loss, which is really concerning because we have such a high rate of extinction in WA as well. And farmers, orch- and crops and orchards are being attacked by animals who are, who are starving because they don't have forest to live in. So our aim as nanas was basically to show people by going into these forests and taking pictures of us in them, what was happening? Because a lot of people can't obviously get into the forest, so we thought we'd take the forest to them.
0: That's great, Peter, and as I said, this is Tourist Radio. We think there is a place for tourism because if people get out and and visit these areas and discover for themselves, then that's a positive aspect of tourism is that it it mobilises people to uh, stand up to... uh, things that need to be protected and uh, as, I, as Tim Winton said in an interview I recorded with him you don't need a gun and a flag to be a patriot for the place you love and uh, if West Australians are using this period of time to explore their state and uh, come to realise how lucky we are to live here but we do need to make sure that we look after it for future generations
1: yeah we certainly do that's that's the main reason that we NANAs are here we want our, we want our children to have a planet that they can live on
0: great talking to you Peter I've been talking to Peter Goodwin from the Nanners for Native Forests on conversations on Radio WA as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia. If you want to hear this conversation and conversations with other innovators in Western Australia, visit touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations. We've been listening to a conversation about Nannas for Native Forests. So now let's listen to the Nannas for Native Forests anthem by Miranda Aitken and Beck Schofield, and recorded by Dave Mann.
2: Listen, 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 listen Your nannas got something to say Listen, 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 listen She knows there's a better way We are the Nannas for Native Forests we're inviting you And you will see that the wonder of the forest is more than just the trees. Don't raise your hand against your own family. What you do. Listen, 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 listen. She knows there's a better way. Our grandkids need a future. They need water, air to breathe. It's time to stop the logging. Give our forests a reprieve. Don't raise your hand against your own. to the forest you do to you and me Yeah, what you do to the forest you do to you and me Listen, listen Listen, listen And it's got something to say Listen, listen Listen, listen She knows there's a better way Listen, 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 Nana's got something to say. Listen, 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 she knows there's a better way.